Welcome to Divorce Etc. hosted by us, the ex-experts. We're here to give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Plus, we're asking a lot of the questions that you may not even think of or know to ask, but we know because we've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. Welcome to today's podcast. We are so, so excited to have with us today, Gabrielle Stone, who is the author of the amazing book, uh, FML, well, Eat, Pray, FML, which is stands for Eat, Pray, Fuck My Life. And I was just telling her the funniest story is that um, Leo, my second husband, is the one who had actually turned me on to her many moons ago. And so I've been following her for so long. And I feel like her voice just totally resonates with who we are, what we're doing with ex-experts, but also just for me personally, like it's totally the way that I, I talk. So you, Jessica. It, right. <laughs> it's like you wrote the book that I should have fucking written. And so um, we finally had the balls to reach out to her and, and have her on today to talk to us. So thank you so much for taking the time and welcome to our podcast. You're so welcome. I knew the second I heard the title, I was like, yes, this is my people. This is where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> we and really uh, so Jessica is definitely like the more, I don't want to say scandalous, but a little more crude person than I am. That's fair. So of course I went to her and I'm like, I don't know what FML means. I and love it. She told me and I was like, oh, now I understand. I literally was Googling. Yeah. FML. What does FML mean? I should I have been like, it. ask your kids. But right, I, I should have, right. but then they would think I'm an idiot. So I can't, I can't do that. I yeah. I, I love it. Well, you're not alone. You're not the only one that needed to learn what the acronym stood for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So obviously we have a list of questions to ask you, but I really just want to start with like, I mean, obviously it's such the, the funny, like play on words, the title of the book, but I mean, how did that specifically the title come about? Well, I guess we should start with giving people just a little preface of what the general overview story is. So I don't start talking about things and people are like, who's that? What does she mean? You have to um, read the book. You have to right, read the right, book. Right, right, right. <laughs> but for, for the conversation, yes. I was I was married for almost two years, found out my husband was having an affair with a 19-year-old for six months, filed for divorce, left. And shortly after that, I met this guy and we fell madly in love with each other, had this whirlwind romance of like, meet my family, have my babies, like all the fairy tale bullshit. And he convinced me to join him on a month long trip to Italy with him. 48 hours before we were getting on the plane, he told me he needed to go by himself. And I was absolutely devastated. He broke my heart like my ex-husband never could have done. And in that moment, sitting on my bed in a pool of tears with a bottle of wine, I had a decision <laughs> to make. And that was either stay at home heartbroken or go travel Europe for a month by myself. So I took a backpack and a leather bound journal and did six countries over the span of a month and wrote Eat, Pray, FML about it. So to answer your question, um, it was actually when I had a conversation with the man that that dumped me right before the trip, who whose character name is Javier in the book. Um, we had a conversation after, you know, he initially told me and I was like, you know, I'm still going to go on the trip. And he dropped me off at my house from that conversation and was like, how are you feeling, Gabs? And I was like, like, I'm about to go on a journey of eat, pray, fuck my life. And that's the title of the book I'm going to write. Like, it just kind of hit me. I had never seen the movie. I had never read the book. I, yeah, it was, I, I mean, I of course knew of it. Everybody knows of it. Right. Um, 
And I went in that night before leaving on our trip the next day and watched Eat, Pray, Love and remember being like, holy shit, this is literally my life. Like, (laughs) what the fuck? That's so funny. So do you believe that the universe presents opportunities and some you see and others you don't? I'm a huge believer in everything happens for a reason. Sometimes you, you, like you said, you just can't see it until you're a little more removed from the situation. But even with like how heartbroken I was during all of this. And I I mean, I I had never had my heart broken and it was in a blender, drank it like a smoothie, (laughs) shat it out the other end. Like it was bad. (laughs) I was devastated. And even with all of those emotions, I knew that the universe was working in a very deliberate way and that this was happening for a reason. When I was a little girl, I lost my dad pretty traumatically. I walked in and found him dead on the floor when I was six years old and then lost my high school sweetheart in a car accident when I was 18. And from those two things, I had always carried this belief of fear of abandonment. And when I love someone, they leave me. And this was the universe's clear way of making me go face that shit head on. Like, oh, you're scared to be alone? Cool. It's time to go heal that across the world, Gabrielle, <laughs> by your damn self. So I was like, all right, here we sometimes. go. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you have to go that far. And also, I want to say that for everybody listening, we've all been, everybody's has their own shit, right? Everyone's right. been on different journeys and, but it takes a long time and a lot of growth and a lot of little steps to be able to speak the way that Gabrielle's speaking right now about her past and her relationships and what she's learned. And Jessica and I have been separated. We separated from our husbands at the same time because they were outed at the same time for cheating on each of us with other women at the same time Mm. for multiple years. And we had each other, but we had to grow a lot before we could be in a place for a platform of any type to really be talking about it. And, and just, it's a matter of fact, like now it's a matter of fact, back then it was a shit storm. Yeah. We couldn't even put a word to it. We just knew like our gut sucked. And like, for you, like you got a bottle of wine and you're crying, but you don't really know what's happening, but yeah. here I am. So just everybody know, like, it's not an overnight thing, but we are perfect examples of what's ahead for you if you just keep moving forward. So 100, 100%. And I always remind, you know, my, my readers who are now my listeners on my podcast, FML talk that healing isn't linear. You always are going to ebb and flow. Some days you feel like you're on top of the freaking world and you're like, I'm a badass and I'm going to conquer the the entire day. And some days you're like, why do I feel like I've taken 10 steps back and I just want to crawl in bed and cry. And both are valid and both are okay. Um, And you have to be patient with yourself while you go through it. Um, TH and I have had conversations because of our stories, as she just mentioned. So I, I too, I'm always like, all my shit's out there. I have like, you know, an open book with no filter. And I just like, will say things before I even think about it. And my kids were really, really little when we got divorced. TH's were also really little, but a little bit older. Mine were two and four. She had three under eight. And so from the very beginning, like I was always really open with people in my life and everybody about what happened. Like he totally had an affair and we are very amicable. I'm actually like, I would consider both of my ex-husbands amongst my closest friends. I love that. 
thank you. Um, it just, it worked out that way. It's exactly what I wanted it to be. I didn't have any kids with the second one and it was just a more of an issue of compatibility. So there really wasn't a reason. It wasn't like a, you know, the cheating scandal or anything like that. But we talk a lot about how like, it's ours. Well, I do. It's my story. So whether or not my ex number one has any issues with me talking about the fact that he had an affair, like that's not my fucking problem. It happened. And I know that there are times where the, the, the woman that he had had the affair with, who he stayed with for a while, I think has been irked by things that I've spoken. About. I've never named her by name, but anybody in my life like knows who it is. And I, and I also kind of feel like too fucking bad. This is my life and my story. So TH and I were talking about how you've written this book that neither of us could have necessarily written because of the kids and because of the things like that. So I'm just curious, was there ever any part of you where you were like, oh, not having second thoughts, but like any consideration to what that may have been from his side? Or are you like, fuck it, this is totally my story and I'm putting it out there. Oh, girl, you're preaching to the fucking choir. Um, so <laughs> it's different for the two men that are involved um, that have, you know, supporting characters in the book. Um, I wasn't even at first going to write about how I found out about the cheating and like all the ins and outs of it. I was just going to be like, I got cheated on, I got divorced, and then all this shit happened because that's, right. I mean, you guys have read the book. You know that that's the meat of the story. Right. The the marriage and the dissolution of it was very, very small part. It just kind of sets the stage for all the other crazy stuff that went down. And all um, of your awesome reels on TikTok. I, I mean, I- Thank you. <laughs> all of those are so good. <laughs> thank you. Um, and- so I went to dinner with one of my girlfriends when I came back from Europe and I was finishing up the book and I was like, yeah, I'm not really writing in detail about that. And she said, no, Gabrielle, you have to write about that. That shit was like an episode of CSI and women <laughs> are going to connect to that. Yeah. And so I went back and, you know, it's still only like three chapters in the book. Um, but I never really was like, oh, how is he going to feel about this? Or, oh, okay. you know, maybe I should be careful. I stand by every word in that book, in both of the books. And, you know, I have people that have read them that aren't written about very fantastically, um, that know that all of it's true. I have, I've, I've had, you know, every, every type of person, um, Javier, the man that broke up with me before Europe, I was a lot more conscious about protecting him because I was still very much in love with him when I was writing this book. And I had always, you know, fiercely defended him in and his decisions, even when I was heartbroken. And I, he knew the whole time that I was in Europe, that I was writing this book. He signed a release for me as did his mother and sister for me to include text messages between us. Like he was very, very, very supportive of the first book. Um, and, you know, I, does that mean I sugarcoated it? No, like I, I didn't have to drudge up any drama or tread lightly on certain situations, because as you said, it might suck for some people, but you own whatever happened to you. That is your story right. to tell. So yes, is my ex-husband seething and very upset and having temper tantrums and trying to retaliate because my reels on TikTok are blowing up and becoming national news? Yes. Do I care? <laughs> no. It's right. it's helping tons and tons of women around the world. So, I mean, for that price, okay. I'm sorry you're upset. I'm sorry you're 
unhappy with your actions. You're not really sorry. It's, true. it's you didn't I mean, do yeah. them. You're not really right. like, why should you even be sorry? But I, I heard of, um, you did a podcast with Jacqueline about questions that people, you know, brought in and, and your answers. And it was very interesting to me because there were some questions that, that you've definitely heard before and your immediate response was, oh, yeah. Oh. And then she challenged you with questions that you weren't expecting. And it was like quiet. And I love the way that she kind of challenges you, but balances it out. And she did, you know, say some things about Daniel and Javier and everything like that. And, and something else everybody should know is, um, as I'm sure you feel, Jessica, and I do feel, as we do more podcasts and we meet more people and we're, we're helping so many people, the truth is we're also helping ourselves. Oh, uh, we yeah. learn something about ourselves every time we have a conversation because we're that much further ahead than we were back then, maybe even six months ago. And so learning and growing is all a part of this. And so I think it's great. I love the way that she kind of challenged you. Jessica definitely does it to me. And I have no problem calling Jessica out on certain shit sometimes. Because that's, you're right. That's what we need. And, you know, I I know what podcast episode that you're talking about. And it was the first time I really opened up about some of the Javier stuff. And it, through doing those podcasts, I've continued my healing around that subject. And I've been able to, now without those love goggles on, look at the facts of a situation and be like, oh, right, this was really not okay. Like I shouldn't have been defending this behavior. Um, and it's like, it's what really... kind of, like what kind of things do you feel like you were defending back then, but that now in retrospect, you're like, I shouldn't have. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that I write about in the sequel, um, The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl, where, you know, the ebbs and flows of Javier and I uh, continued. And there were things that from the outside looking in, people were like, that's narcissistic behavior. Like that's not, that's absolutely not okay to say to someone. Um, Like for one, there was a time that we were, and this was when we weren't together, we were FaceTiming. And I had gone to a premiere the night before um, this like big red carpet thing. And I posted a photo and I looked fucking fabulous, might I add. <laughs> and he was like, you know, I don't really like when you wear bold colored lipstick, the angles in your face, it just doesn't work. And I was like, like rather than you look gorgeous, excuse me. I was like, I've worn bold colored lipstick since you've met me. And he's like, yeah, I mean, it just like, I don't know. There's something about it. And I was like, well, I'm not wearing it for you. And he was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. Like, of course, like you looked beautiful last night and tried to like gloss over it and continue. You can't take it back. But like, even then I was, I, I let it roll off my shoulders. And now looking back on it, I'm like, are you freaking kidding me, dude? Like the audacity of my ex who was still trying to sleep with me to comment on my appearance and something that I felt and looked beautiful in, like, how dare you think right. that it had anything to do with you. Right. So I I totally relate to you in terms of the whole, like everything happens for a reason. I believe like, even when you can't see it at the time that like the universe works in very calculated ways. And that's something that I've really been, no, I don't want to say struggling with, but like working through ever for, for my second marriage, because I mean, the compa- the compatibility aspect was so not there that sometimes I think to myself, like, how did it happen that, that we got married? Um, right. 
But I, now we are so close and I feel like he is such an important part of my, but not, not just my life, but my kids' lives that I'm like, he has, he, there was a purpose for him to come into my life sure. and for this to happen and for us to be married because it, 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 he adds value every day. What do you think was Javier's purpose? Oh my God. Are you kidding? Like, so I can give you answers to what Daniel's purpose was my ex-husband and Javier, like everybody, if you look at the blueprint of my life, you're like, Oh, of course she needed to meet this asshole and he needed to cheat on her. And she needed to get her heart broken by this particular person. Um, Javier was the catalyst to my healing journey. I never in a million years would have booked a solo trip across the world and been like, I'm just going to take a backpack and go. I would have gone with a girlfriend or my mom or a friend. Um, I never would have had the courage to do that. And because it happened so last minute before I could make any plans, it forced me out of my comfort zone to really like take the leap and just go all in. And more so, even though, you know, yes, I learned to love myself on that trip. Yes. I learned that, you know, how to rectify some of my deep abandonment wounds on that trip. But I wrote that book on that trip. Like I wrote three fourths of Eat, Pray, FML on the streets of Barcelona and in cafes in Paris and on a train to, to Amsterdam. And that was like my healing for me. And I don't know where I would be without this book. And this book only happened because of the events that took place in my life right. and because of the, the men that, you know, pushed me over the edge and it, you know, I would do it again, all of it, all the heartbreak, all of it 10 times over to be able to be where I'm at now, helping so many women and men, um, around the world. It's, it's been the most fulfilling thing I've done. It's created an entirely new career for me. So I'm very thankful to, to him and that relationship. And I look back on it and I learned so much about what's important in a partner. Um, that, you know, I didn't have on my, my non-negotiable list when I was younger. <laughs> what kind so of thing? There's so many reasons. What do you, what have you added to your non-negotiable list? Well, I think when we're in our twenties, you know, you go on a date and you're like, so, you know, what kind of car does he drive and how does he look physically? And right. Where you know, do you work? does he have any right. kids or are we, you know, are yeah. the checklist items there? And now you sit down and you're like, have you been to therapy? What's your relationship like with your mother? Do you have an emotional <laughs> intelligence rating? Like it's so different. Um, and really communication and someone that has done enough work on themselves to know about triggers, know how to protect them and to really be open to continuing to do the work as a couple. Um, my current boyfriend and I, you know, we're, we, we have a therapist and we don't go weekly, but we go whenever there's something that we know needs to be discussed, um, together and individually. And we really continue to put that work into our relationship because, it really, really takes that incredible communication with the love to be able to have a successful relationship. So do you think you are transitioning from FML to LML? What's LML? Love my life. life. Oh, I'm like, is <laughs> that a new one? I have to Look Google it. Did everybody hear that? I love that? it. I definitely get points it. for that right now. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> um, yes, totally. I, I have been in the LML state for quite some time now. And awesome. 
you know, it is everything perfect. Like, absolutely not. There's always some type of something that comes up in life. And, you know, we, we go on the roller coaster ride of it, but I'm so incredibly thankful for the two books I've written, the amount of people it's reached the community on the podcast. It, it's really, I mean, I was an actor and director before all this happened. Like this quite literally changed my career. Yes. I still do all those things, but this is my, it's my main income. It's my main purpose. It really is the most fulfilling part of my life. And I can't imagine not having gotten my heart broken and going on that trip. I I will say, I did say it in an email to you, but just so that everybody knows, I read the first book. I'm waiting for the second book. I, I, I love that you I picked the name Javier. I just feel like Javier sounds like very appropriate for whatever you're going for. Yep. Um, but um, throughout this book, you talk about a thought onion, which I still haven't figured out how to do for myself. I feel like I need a lot of therapy to do that. And I'm very good with myself. But what I will say and encourage everybody to do is to read these books because the way she like puts the lessons in there is perfect. It's not a self-help book. You're not like, ooh, I need to write this down and I need to post it here and turn this page. Like you're reading it and absorbing it. And she's just naturally like reinforcing it because of her transparency. And I think that that's why, honestly, you're resonating with so many people. I think that the more we talk about the struggles and obstacles in each of our lives, people are less alone. We are going to resonate with someone who's like, God, I felt the same way. Or it doesn't even have to be the action. Like for Jessica, two divorces. For me, a four-year divorce that I couldn't have been, it was a hallelujah day, the day that I got the phone call. Couldn't have been happier. And one would think he would be like, all right, good, because of all his goings on. But no, it it dragged out. And, you know, there are just so many lessons to be learned and not everybody resonates with everybody. The business of divorce sucks. If we could separate the emotional side, which we talk about all the time, my divorce should have been done in 24 hours. Girl, me too. It's a control thing. It's a power trip. It's a bunch of bullshit and a process that's totally antiquated. So I think Gabrielle's purpose and our purpose and so many of us who who are, we we coin as real life experts, um, we're here to support. We've lived it so we get it. This is why what you're doing is, is resonating and the books are resonating because people will identify with a feeling even if it wasn't a Javier breakup or Daniel this or my ex being whatever, it's the feeling that connects all of us. Yeah. I think changes the way that people see their journey through all this. There is a light, there is an opportunity because she felt the way I did and look at her now. Yeah. I think the, the biggest part when people read it is that they don't feel alone. I think so many of us feel like, the world's ending and no one else can be understand what I'm going through. And I don't really, I don't think I did this intentionally, but because I was writing it as therapy for me. Um, and it turned out being, you know, because of the circumstances, you feel like you're reading this ridiculous wild Netflix show that your girlfriend is telling you over a glass of wine. Um, but at the same time, because you're healing or sorry, because you're reading all of my, you know, 
realizations and my healing journey and all right. of the stuff that I'm working through, it resonates with you and then you're, you're healing without really realizing it. So it is a self-help book. You just don't realize it when you're reading it. Um, Which is even better. Oh, I've got yeah, a shelf needs, of help books yeah. that have never been open. I just read the binder, get right. your shit together, custody <laughs> with a jerk. An I love it. Day. It all looks great <clears throat> in the pile. I haven't really opened it. <clears throat> I, I love it. You, you have so many like great nuggets and obviously the lessons woven throughout, as we keep saying, like so relatable, but you know that like everybody who's been down the road and the journey of divorce, right, is always like after the fact, all of these things come to light. If you could narrow down to one thing that you wish that you knew, for you to share with other people who are going through divorce or have gotten divorced, is there like one main thing? Like, I just wish I knew that beforehand. Centered around divorce specifically. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's no shame in it. I had so much fear because I had been unhappy for six to seven months in my marriage. And in the back of my head, I was like, oh my God, is this not going to work? Are we going to end up getting divorced? And I had even like voiced the concerns to my mom. And it was like, it just seemed so insane because I didn't know about the cheating. So I was like, who am I to go back on these vows? And, you know, we have to go to therapy, which we did. And I was working my ass off. Um, but I was like, God, we just had this big wedding and all of our friends and family were there. And I, I can't, how do you backpedal from that um, without feeling guilty or ashamed or like the bad guy? So I was so thankful when he did something so drastic that made it so easy for me to walk away. It was almost like my get out of jail free card. Yep. And I got like a second chance um, because I would have stayed in that so much longer trying to make it work because I'd made the commitment and we took vows. So let's go go to therapy and make it work. Um, so I wish someone would have told me that being unhappy is enough and you don't have to feel bad about that. I love we that. are on the same page yeah. as you. Mine was definitely a get out of jail uh, free card. I had four years of, it was a slow burn. We were each married 13 years. We got engaged a month apart. We got married a month apart. We got divorced or separated a month apart because oh my God. their stories were unraveling because they were, you know, doing bad things together behind our backs. Oh my God. Um, so we, we definitely get it. And for Jessica, there was more sadness and grief. I, I never grieved my marriage. I just wanted to run for the hills, but I yeah. had babies. So I, I stayed in because I was like, well, what about my kids? Like, it's so selfish of me. Right. I mean, what, if, so what if I'm miserable? Like this is a family, like this is what we're doing. It was just, it was just yeah. eating me alive. And the truth is, and we all know now your kids and the people around you and your relationships are only going to be as good as you are. Yep. So if you aren't in a good place, the other stuff's just not going to work not out. Not to mention the, it's such a, a bullshit line of like, stay, it, it wasn't in your case, but <clears throat> people decide they want to stay together for the sake for of the kids. kids. It's like, whatever, your kids are going to be so much more fucked up if they're growing up in an environment where you're like, you know, showing a terrible relationship where parents hate each other, you're better off having two separate homes where at least everybody can be happy and the kids can right. grow up in a, in a better environment like that. Um, yeah. Stay for I, I don't think I can, you know, like I want to clarify, I don't have kids. So it no, was I easy know. for me to be like, 
whew, bye. Um, but for everyone <laughs> listening, I, hard. I didn't hard. have to, I didn't have to weigh that. And I know a lot of women that do go, go through finding about infidelity and stuff. It, it makes it a lot harder of a decision when you have kids to think about, but whenever my readers DM me and ask questions about this, I'm always like, are you happy? And if you're not, right. your kids will be happier when you're happy. So leave. Right. Praise right. the Lord. Like you are seriously preaching. Cause we so believe in that. Um, um wait, I have one more yeah. question for you because the end of your Q and a with Jacqueline, um, she was encouraging people to ask questions like ask different questions, not what's on your right. list and whatever. So the question was, what's the most fucked up thing you've ever done? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she oh my God, there's it. so many things running through my brain right now. Okay. So um, let's pick one that you're comfortable really sharing. <laughs> okay. Um, well, you'll, you'll read about this in the, the sequel in the ridiculous misadventures. Um, and this is one of the reasons why I struggled with that book so much. It was a lot harder for me to write the sequel than it was the first one. And, you know, because you meet my current boyfriend in that book and you kind of see how we, the, the crazy roller coaster ride it took for us to, to end up where we're at. And I, unintentionally had become like his Javier. Um, granted, I had been very upfront, very honest, very blunt the entire time, but still, even with all that and having good intentions, we had this kind of back and forth thing and I really hurt him um, in a lot of ways, a lot of different times. And I held a lot of, of grief around that. Um, it was hard to write about. It was something I wasn't proud of. Um, would I say it's the most fucked up thing I've ever done? Um, no, but I like, I, you know, it's something that's the most important thing right. that I faltered on. Um, we've obviously been like, look, even he will sit here and say every single thing that happened in our journey had to happen that way for us to end up here. Um, and I fully believe that. Um, but it was definitely having that particular realization was like a bullet for me. Yeah. So that was a big growing time for you. Oh my God. The, was, these books, like if you read the, the, both the books back to back, you see me go from like one human to an entirely different human. Like, and it's very clear how the process went. <laughs> if you hadn't gone to that psychic, do you think you would have still been writing? Like you talk about it so many times, you know, she, she, I was told I need to be writing. I need to be writing. Do you think you still would have put this? Well, that's what's so interesting is that when I went to see that medium, she kept saying, I need you to be writing. You really need to be writing. I need you writing. And I, at the time I was acting and directing. I'm like, I don't have a fucking idea for a screenplay lady. Like mm -hmm. I, there's no inspiration. I don't know what, okay. And I didn't realize until I was on my Europe trip writing page after page after page in this journal, I was like, oh my God, oh, yeah. she said, I need to be writing. And now I'm writing a freaking book. Okay. I and literally I, I still get DMS from my readers because everything she said has come to fruition in my life. Like 
completely. Um, at the time she's like, you know, you're about to have a, a rough six to seven Rocky months. And then I met Javier. I was like, fuck you lady. I'm really happy right now. Bye. <laughs> no, six to seven months, Gabrielle buckle up. Um, and the last thing she had said was, I see you having a daughter by the time you're 33. So half my readers are like, well, her, my current boyfriend, um, has a daughter. So that could have oh been God. what she was seeing. And the other half of them are just like waiting on bated breath to see if in the next 360 days I end up getting pregnant, which I don't think is in the cards for me right now. <laughs> Very like career focused. Um, but yeah, everything that she told me has come true. It's insane. That's it crazy. Okay. I have one last question. The self-love cocktail. Yeah. You're doing on Patreon. Tell us about that. What is that about? So, okay. Oh, on the one that's on Patreon. Yes. Okay. So the self-love cocktail is written in the epilogue of eat, pray, FML, And it's kind of like my discovery of how to love yourself because that's something I was searching for on my journey. And everyone's always like, you need to learn how to love yourself first, love yourself before you can be in a relationship. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to do that. Can anyone tell me how? <laughs> and nobody could give me clear instructions. So the self-love cocktail is my answer to that. Um, I didn't, figure it out fully until I came back from Europe, which is why it's written in the epilogue. But I always tell people if they're like really in the shit of it um, to just read the epilogue first, it won't ruin anything for the book, but you can start doing that practice um, before you go on this journey with me. But the Patreon subscription is the, like the, the bonus content of my podcast. And we have like different levels. One is just like, you know, the access to the private Facebook group, which is like women that are connecting around the world and creating these like lifelong friendships, which is just so freaking awesome. Um, and all of like the bonus content season three is all of the deleted chapters from the ridiculous misadventures, but we do a book club zoom, um, that, is basically whoever's in that tier of the subscription gets a Zoom link every Tuesday and we get on and I Zoom with you and it's kind of like a therapy hour and a half and everybody talks and shares stuff and I kind of like lead them through things and it's been really amazing to see these these people come together in this community um, of that are all on different different paths on their healing journey but really support each other and are starting to connect and, and realize that they're not alone in a really big way. Huge. I mean, it's the, the community aspect is just, it is so important, especially when it comes to the whole, I'm, I'm, I would imagine you have a lot of people who aren't, haven't been married and divorced and just, yeah, what you, right. What you're talking about is just so relevant anyway, but in particular, in particular for people who have been married and divorced, there's also after that shame comes that feeling of loneliness. You know, now you have maybe all of your friends, especially if you're in your mid to late thirties or older, right? You, the majority of your friends may still be married. And now it's like, okay, are you included in the group dinners? Are you included right, in all right. of the things that, that have been going on that you've been a part of for all of these years? So it, it, we are huge on like the girl gang and making sure that you have people around you that are your, that are your people. To yeah, to totally. Yeah. And you know, I have readers that, got married young, stayed married their whole life and they're happy. I have readers that are single. I have readers that are divorced. I heartbreak and grief is universal and the shit show that life throws at us is universal. So there's going to be something for everyone to connect on in what I went through, you know, whether you're male or female or however you identify it's, 
it's a universal theme that humans go through. And I think when we can connect on those universal themes, it's really powerful. Great place to end. So real life experts resonate just as much as, you know, the people that we have to go and pay in order to get stuff done, but, but right. really sharing stories, good, bad, and ugly, and knowing you're not alone. And this is just out there for you. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. So I'm so Gabrielle, happy to hear it. Thank you so, so much for taking the time for today. Um, it's such a great conversation. Like I said, in the beginning, we're huge fans been following you for a while. Everyone who's listening, I was going to hold up the book, but people who are listening, aren't going to see me holding up the book, but <laughs> eat, pray, fuck my life. And, and even just the, her social media accounts. I mean, it's, it's, it's so entertaining. And even when you are in that like dark pit of despair of divorce, like watching your stuff totally makes you laugh and, and realize like, keep things in perspective, people, you know, like nobody died of divorce. We can get right. through it. Right. right. It's so a hot minute that. in your life. That's the truth. The span of your life, it's a hot minute. It sucks. It's a huge pain point, but it's also a huge opportunity to make a change for yourself and try something new. Look from what yeah. you were doing to what you're doing now. I used to produce events across the country. I'm doing this. Jessica used to be a producer. And uh, so it's, you know, it's a passion project and that's what really makes it so um, rewarding. Yeah, I love that. I always say that it's the shitty end to your beautiful new beginning. So go make it magical. That's a perfect end. <laughs> that that is. So Thank you again so much, Gabrielle. You're so welcome, ladies. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Divorce Etc. with the ex-experts. We really hope this episode was helpful for you in getting information you need and feeling empowered to get through it. And always remember there are so many of us just like you. Now, please hit the subscribe button so you always get new episodes and please rate and review us. You can also check out our website filled with free resources at xexperts.com. Follow us on social on Instagram and Facebook and send us an email to let us know your thoughts or any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about. See you next time.